What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Consider me a hater. Consider me a hater. I said, well, because I said last week multiple times, there's only two games between winning teams on Sunday. It's not a great NFL weekend. Turned into a really good Sunday in football, right? I mean, the NFC West kind of took center stage on it, but there was just some, there was enough good football to keep me in. There wasn't like the, what did you say? What what is, uh, what do they call it on the Comcast Xfinity Red Zone? Like the last hour of the morning games, the witching oh, the, hour. Oh, the, 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 the witching hour, yeah, the witching hour. Which was, you know, not great today, the 12 to 1. Yeah, there the wasn't a was lot of, like, better. great finishes happening simultaneously. But there, I had a, there was enough. Yeah. The, I, I, the Raiders carried that little area just because the Jets winning. I guess the Titans kind of came back on the Colts. I thought the afternoon, though, the just Brown. the drama of, like, are, are the Giants, or yeah, the, the Titans came back on the Browns. The Giants upsetting Seattle, but just being in the lead the whole time is right. like, no, they're not really going to win this. The Arizona Rams game kind of going back and forth. Vikings Eagles. highlights were good. Yeah, I mean Carson Wentz officially got benched. Stafford made can, some incredible th- continue to get benched. Oh yeah, how did I the mean, Bears lose that game? That's pretty nuts. I, I mean Stafford, from what I saw, I didn't get to see a lot of the game. Stafford made some incredible throws. Shocker. Yeah, lot lot of buzz this weekend from people in the NFL that were texting me. I got a couple Adam Peters, Robert Sala, Detroit. Combo like deal. Package deal. Yeah. The the Sala momentum, I almost feel like the Niners are going to beat the Bills on Monday night just for this Sala momentum because did you see there was a... Well, it was kind of dead and then it like picked up steam and now it feels like it's coming down the hill. There's like politicians in Detroit or in Michigan wrote a letter to Mar- Martha Ford. 
Yeah, she'd be the one. Wrote a letter to Martha Ford telling her to hire Robert Sala. Uh, was he a big Michigan State booster that interviewed him last year? I think that was the is guy. Is that who the guy? And he's also a I, I politician? Thought, I thought so. Very yeah. weird. Uh, Very weird. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of weird shit that goes on in other, you know, here we just like lock it down. There it's like they got a lot of other weird stuff going on. Let's do so, what you're concerned about. You know, a lot of these like, teams. To me, I guess what I was going to say about that, though, Johnny, minority owners that play a bigger role than I think like our teams out here. Oh, that yeah, that might be. I read an article today that a, the minority owner for the Bears, who owns ten percent, who's worth more than the McCaskies, but he owns a small percent, right? He's like, right. he's he's a Northwestern alum, boys with, uh, I almost called, said Ryan Fitzpatrick, Pat uh, Fitzgerald, not Bob Fitzgerald, Pat Fitzgerald, <laughs> uh, wants them to hire him. So, ah, like you, you don't ever hear those stories. Like it's just Jed or Cronky, or even like with Seattle, or the, the Warriors, teams that I'm the super Giants. You never hear anything. Yeah, yeah, just like uh, Clark Hunt. You know, it's just Mike Bidwell. Do the Chargers yeah, even have some minority teams. owners, or are they just owned by somebody with a minority amount of money? Relative, that's to a other great teams? question. That's a great question. It feels like they're. We're not talking about racial minorities here. We're talking about financially a uh, smaller percentage yeah. of the team. Well, we used to have clear. when I was with Philly. Like, who are those seven guys in the back of the draft room? They're like, oh, that's Bill Mickelson, uh, Jimmy Haberman, and they would just they all their percentages well, added up to like twelve, you know. Yeah. But they just sat there, had zero say, you know. I remember and they just get a cool dividend at the end of the year. I remember during a Warriors playoff run a few years ago, I was at uh, Perry's restaurant, one of my go tos. Yeah. And there was a couple there who were just all decked out. Like, you know, she's wearing like warrior blue leather boots and like a gold leather skirt. And he's wearing, you know, it's like they like they are wearing money. I'm like, God, who are these two? Well, then the next it was a road warrior game. The next warrior home game, I see them like sitting on the floor and I text our buddy Taylor. I'm like, who are those people? He's like, oh, they're minority owners. I'm like, ah, OK, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. A lot of people out there that have a say that no one's really aware of, but they just like, you know, trying to pull some strings, pull something off. So I don't know enough about it. The dividend payout structure, depending on what you buy in, like what percent, like how much you would actually get, regardless how well or bad a team does, because obviously financially they do really well. I've just always heard the way people talk about it. It's like a it's like a rich club to get season tickets, but you actually get zero power in really anything. Right, you have no say over players. You have no say over yeah. coaches. You have zero decision making say. The Raiders for a long time had percentages, right, because they didn't have a lot of money over. You're, the years you're just there to help people buy. Yeah, you're just there to bankroll to give some influx of cash. Awesome, well, think right? about this now: the reality in like modern day climate with the teams worth as much as they are, you don't need any minority owners. You have the fucking bank. I, I yeah, right? I mean, I do think um, part of it too would just be that. It feels like to get into the club as a primary majority owner, you do have to be a minority owner first, right? Lake of yes. was with the Celtics. The Jim Haslam, these guys, the all these guys. What's his name who bought the yeah. Panthers? Wasn't Who was he a minority stakeholder in? I th I think the Steelers too, maybe. Yeah. But he had a little tiny percent in something. Yeah, they don't just like random guy into the club, right? No, we saw how hard it was with the Mets. Like there's a new guy coming in who wasn't, Cohen wasn't a minority owner in any other team, right? And it became. This well, I whole think that I think him and uh, the crazy guy with the Clippers, it just they had so much money and they kind of willed their way in. But it was not. I I read that the guy with the Mets had been declined when the Magic Johnson group got the Dodgers. He thought he had the Dodgers. Well, one of the stories is like the other owners are terrified because this guy is so rich that he 
doesn't care about some of the financial, right? He's there to, he wants, he's kind of Balmer-ish. Like he'll overpay. I, oh, I, read, I, I read his book this during Corona, AKA listened to the book. Which he one, is who? Axe. Cohen. Uh, Steve Cohen. His, his, his character is Axe in Billions. Like that is legitimately him. His book, I mean, he's, he's an insane human who has made a shitload of money in the stock market. Now, the, if the book is true, a lot of cheating, you know. His own book? Cheating. Well, it's not his book. It's about him. Oh. It's like... Uh, it's, it's the unauthorized like Sharks biography. Never, Sharks Never Sleep or, you know, yeah, 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 whatever yeah, yeah, the yeah. book is. And it's just about him. Basically, it's called The Black Edge with a picture of a shark. And it's just about they have... They never sold or bought a stock that they didn't know was about to shoot up or shoot down. And if he did... And it was wrong. People got fired, but they they paid to play. I mean, they right. But he became so big. They it, it's it's axe. But clearly, if you see his picture, he wasn't as good looking. He's not skinny. He's like a fat bald guy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. But he was crazy, and he got so rich pretty quickly. Uh, he just he had a lot of cash. Steve is that his first name? Steve Cohen, I think. Is that does that sound right? It's definitely Cohen. So, Something cone. Yeah, Steve. Cohen. 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 Say it fast. Podcast brought to you by ease.com promo code ham or promo code ham10 if you're a returning user. You get 20 bucks off your first delivery with promo code ham. You get 10%, right, with ham10 if you're a returning user. Yep. Ease.com promo code ham. Edibles, pre-rolls, vapes, topicals, you name it. Go to their website. Ton of deals. Obviously, the holidays. Go check it out. We want you guys to get deals. Cheap deals. That's where we come in. That's where Friends at Ease comes in. Tell your friends. Tell your roommates. Tell your wife. Get something for someone for Christmas. Do something for someone else and use Ease.com promo code HAM. Or like I said, returning users HAM10. You You know who you don't need to tell? Who? Matt Barnes because he's already involved with Ease. Yep, partner. Big, big news a couple weeks ago. And then Adam Silver, I mean, indirectly, basically was like, Ease! <laughs> Come on in! You, did you think, Matt, uh, when Matt Barnes has a podcast called Up in Smoke, did you think he had a chance to be in the weed sector? Uh, I, yeah, I did. I did. Have I told you my Matt Barnes story? Big fan of Matt Barnes. When I did Arena no, 2 football, think- his brother Jason was on the team, Central Valley Coyotes. Uh, Del Campo baller. High School, both of them. Yeah, he, yeah, and did Matt play football too? Jason was a football player, good receiver. He was One really night, good in high school. Road game, maybe it was Bakersfield or somewhere Stockton, perhaps somewhere in the area. We're in the ho- I go to eat in the hotel lobby with a Fred Bolitnikoff Jr., the head coach, and Matt Barnes was there visiting. He had watched the game and he picked up the the tab. He came over, said hi, like, hey, you know, not to me, more to Fred Bolitnikoff Jr., who's the head coach. But then he, when it was time for us to leave, they're like, oh, he already paid. He didn't even say anything. It was kind of a pretty yeah. baller move, right? They're gone. They leave. You get ready to leave. And they're like, oh, the, actually, your tab's been taken care of. Yeah, that's a, so do you, been a big Do you Matt think Barnes we get fan. videos this year of NBA players just outwardly smoking weed, like on Instagram and stuff? Feels inevitable, right? Yeah. I mean, wh- why not? They're going to have sponsorships. <laughs> They're going to be... Oh, so it's, it's just gone now. I know they're not testing. It's an indefinite thing. I would imagine why would you're not going to... Oh, I back. haven't dived uh, into it, but yeah, I just assume that players are going to be... Yeah. Ha- have endorsement no deals. Yeah. Anyway, ease.com. Promo code HAM. Check Get it. after it. Uh, what you, would you call the holidays? Uh, Well, Thanksgiving happened Thanksgiving a couple weeks happened. ago. Yep. 
And we, we could call a little, uh, what could we call this? A, a, a green Christmas? I, you know, I don't know. I have to think about that one. Yeah. I have to come up with we a think Christmas about slogan. Get, get us some, Hanukkah yeah. too. Kwanzaa. Yeah, Hanukkah too. Um, yeah. Eight Crazy Nights. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie. We're the 49ers. If you're listening to this before Monday Night Football, are still a one-point favorite. Also, next weekend, Ohio State, a 29-and-a-half-point favorite over Michigan. I think maybe it opened at 30. HAM1 is the code. HAM and the number one is the code at mybookie.ag. Promo code HAM1. You accept the bonus. You do have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw, but you can also decline the bonus. Either way, we appreciate using HAM1. Anything else stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, mybookie.ag, obviously betting on college football. If you're listening to this, multiple, not just the Niner game. We got another Monday night game. We got a Tuesday game. We got a Thursday game. A lot of NFL football guy in the week this week. So we got four weekday games, multiple Monday night football games. Yeah. Ravens, Washington. And what's is Tuesday? Steelers, someone? No, Steelers, Washington (laughs) is Monday. Ravens, Cowboys is Tuesday. So we got basically the lead up to Niners, Bills, Steelers, the Steeler game. So I'm, I'm excited. The Thursday night game actually is really good. I but mean, the Steeler games, what channel is that on? Because I saw somebody say it's not on national TV. It's not like just a stand like the others have been. I don't know if NFL Network's picking it up or if it's just in the local markets where it was going to air anyway. That's a great, that's a hell of a question. I'm going to have to look into that. Steelers are only six. Kind of uh, okay, I'll, I'll peek. Steelers are only six and a half point um, favorites. Ravens are, Ravens are minus nine. Lamar Jackson returns. So Yeah, I mean, we'll see. The, the, the Ravens need to start rattling off some W's. I have the Steeler game two o'clock on Fox. You do? Okay. So maybe we're maybe I, I saw somebody tweet that, but I don't I didn't really quite understand what it meant. All right. NFC West kind of was the story on Sunday, looking ahead to Monday, but the Seahawks actually losing to the Giants. The Cardinals' final score, not really an indication of what that game looked like, but the Rams put them away. The Rams are now in first place, John, in the NFC West, which, as we discussed on the last podcast, that would be good news for the 49ers to kind of push the Cardinals back down. The Cardinals are now technically out of the playoffs at 6-6, six and six, and the Vikings have taken their spot in the 7th spot, which means the Niners can win on Monday, be 6-6. Six and six. doesn't put them into the playoffs, but it puts them right there. I did not think it would yeah, look I mean, I like think this one of the I think ago. one of the stories in the league right now is for a brief moment, and it was kind of justified three or four weeks ago, it was like, Kyler Murray, is he the MVP? And yeah. I think most people following football is like, God, this little guy is a dominant little player. Like, yeah, I don't think it's crazy. I don't think most people thought he was going to win, but people thought he was trending like, yeah, if in he doesn't mix. win it this year, he's probably going to yeah. win one the next couple of years. Guy, they've lost four of their last five games, and we were doing some just – we double-checked. Without the Hail Mary, they would have lost five straight games. They after their Hail bye. Mary. This is all after their bye, too. Like, I, this is, like, to me, they're one of the, they're in an absolute free fall. Because one thing with the Niners struggling a little bit, Seattle just has been what they have been, right? They're just kind of a flawed team. We gave up Same on with them the Rams. as a Super Bowl champion, I think, several <clears> weeks ago. Yeah, but I, I thought that at one point in time, if you're five and two and just having a good quarterback, it felt destined for 10 or 11 wins. And now it's six and six, because unlike the Rams in Seattle that have, I don't know, Pete Carroll and Sean McVay to fall back on, at the end of the day, Cliff is by far in this division the least accomplished guy. Even when you just kind of look at going into this game, if you're listening to Monday Night Football, the Niners being six and six, like Kyle just went to the Super Bowl. Even Zimmer and the Vikings kind of being alive, just now just, you know, potentially if the Niners win the three six and six teams, 
I have way more faith in just Mike Zimmer's operation than I do Cliff. Like I just I got a massive red flag on the Cardinals right now, and and a lot is at stake with the Niners winning that game against the Rams. They just honestly I felt they were dead, and they're just not dead. No. Like they, they are really alive. This game is big. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, Arizona plays the Giants this week coming up. The Giants have won four games in a row, four game winning streak for Joe Judge. And Dante I Pettis. I, I just watch them. They're well coached and they they play hard and they're good on defense. I said in Dante Pettis. Uh, <laughs> you have a catch today? I had no idea if he played. The Vikings play the Bucks next week. Then they got the Bears, the Saints, and the Lions. So they could easily split the next four games, right? Yeah, I mean S- Seattle. The schedule the next two weeks breaks pretty well. I mean they got the Jets this week and then they got Washington. So I think they could get just back to all of a sudden you look they're ten and four. Right, but it's just this games. is really about Arizona now. Like the Rams True. really helped the 49ers out on Sunday because this yeah. is about that seventh spot. So if let's say Minnesota splits, which I think this weekend was a great example. It's really hard to play the schedule game. Like the idea that the Eagle that the uh, Seahawks are going to lose to the Giants. Uh, would have been pretty far-fetched. Well, guy, that, that that would have been a win the day the schedule came out. That would have been a win if we were playing this game in August. What was the spread? That would have been a win every single week. I mean, I would have guessed 8 to 10. I mean, it, it was a game that I just... When I was looking at games, it was one of those that I just scrolled right through because I envisioned zero chance of them losing that game. Yeah. It never crossed my mind. And I, it crossed my mind in a lot of games this week. That was one that I just moved on from. And now the Rams can win the division... Now you're right. Like them, the Niners is really just them against Arizona. The 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 factoring like the, there's still a two game separation between Seattle and uh, the Rams. The one thing is the Niners have yeah. To if the Rams the, you're twice. saying if, if the Niners win, there's still two games between them and the Rams. Yeah, yeah. Because which Rams this week four. I do think this week for the Rams like they do play in about three and a half days against the Patriots. Who I mean I I think. If Belichick ends up like eight and eight, nine and seven, I think it's one of his finest coaching jobs. I mean, they won a game forty-five to nothing. Their quarterback threw for under seventy yards. Well, so I mean, that, that's six... just the game. Do, do, do you think? Do, do you feel the Rams are winning that game? I mean, they they should maybe, but it's like I I don't know. It's <laughs> yeah, I I uh, just because all of a sudden, what would they be eight and five? They'd be eight and five. I mean, the. The Patriots are six and six. I think they've thrown nine touchdowns this year, total between all their quarterbacks. Six is it six? Yeah, because Cam is four, right? So uh, I got to go back and look. Yeah, that sounds right. Cam's got four. I looked it up. Didn't uh, no. Cam, uh, yeah, six passing touchdowns this year. That's insane. Thirteen interceptions, that, it, and they're five hundred. Anyway, but that's about yeah, Belichick. Um, no, I mean you're you're right, and the thing with in terms of the Rams, the thing with the Rams is they play the Pats, then they play the Jets, whatever. But then they finish with Seattle and, and Arizona. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they lose three or four. I wouldn't bank the, the, on that. The, I, the one thing I would say back to the Cardinals is they match up pretty well against the Niners. They do. Just with Kyler. Yeah. You know, I think he gives them a lot of trouble. He just does. Like we've seen it. Like the, we, the evidence is we've seen the three games. Yeah. You know, and that's just... But, I mean, it's just the idea of having kind of your... Controlling your destiny, not controlling your destiny, but still having a chance to control your destiny, right? The the problem, the Bills are like a better version of the Cards. They have a quarterback that can move, make some big plays, and they got a couple wide receivers. But their defense actually 
you think it's a lot better than it is just because they've been good on defense the last couple of years and Sean McDermott, defensive guy, but their defense actually isn't that great this year, statistically. Like you were telling me, the running stat, you can, I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're giving up like five yards of carry. Five yards of carry, second, right down the third worst in the league. But so I mean, when you imagine the game plan, it's just going to be them just fucking slamming the ball. Well, let's get we'll get to that in the uh, preview part of Monday Night Football. Uh, the other thing for just from the one other thing on the the Cardinals, I know this isn't breaking news, but do they lose some advantage just because the Niners are there when they play Week 16? So yeah, I mean, I I think just going into this game, the key for the Niners because they're just stuck in this place. And everything we read this week, it was hunky dory, fun, and like you know they've come together, and Kyle's doing a good job, and you gotta like still have a chance to really stay locked in, I think, and that's why Monday night is so big. And to me, what makes Monday night even bigger? What do you think these fucking guys did all day? You have the day before a game, you have a walkthrough or whatever, but they were just in their hotel rooms, or I saw Kyle said some of them Airbnb. You're just watching Seattle and Arizona lose. You're like, holy shit, we are just sneaky somehow. And this is where I think the Pats are somewhat of a parallel for the Niners. Because if you just stay around and you go, we got a dude coaching the team, you just, because a little, again, Cam Newton is way more famous and accomplished than Nick Mullins. But it's not like Stephon Gilmore can look at the stats and be like, how are we doing this? Like when he's just sitting there with his buddies at home. Like this, it's not like he's throwing for 300 yards, but that you just start believing, you just start winning. Like the Pats are going to show up against the Rams going, we're just as good. At, we're going to beat you. Well, and if, that's where the Niners tomorrow now can have a belief, even though they probably shouldn't. But that's that's why these coaches. I you could argue that Kyle and Belichick, if either of them finish eight and eight or better, it's one of the best coaching jobs of the year. Uh, I I you would argue that. I was just going to say though. I think the coach of the year could be pretty crowded if Pittsburgh is like fifteen and one. And I don't think either. Is, they're not going to win it. One they're more guy, win. right? Is Sean Payton going to go? Is Sean Payton just going to keep winning with Taysom Hill? I did. I was watching some of that game today, and the broadcaster had a good point. He's like, Taysom Hill told us this week, he's like, my numbers looked really bad, but the moment that story broke as an offense, we just, like, we talked about it, like, we just can't fuck it up. You know, once their quarterbacks all tested positive, he's like, we kind of threw the game plan out. We just played dumb, right? We're, We're playing a team with no quarterback, right? you know? It wasn't... Like no one in our building felt like, oh, we're we're regressing or whatever. Because whenever he came on today, I was like, damn, he's he's kind of throwing some dimes. Twenty-seven you to thirty-seven, two thirty-two, two touchdowns and a pick. <laughs> you know that, and and the one thing is As Atlanta had been playing well. Yeah, but it, you know that was I, I I honestly I thought Atlanta might win that game. Like oh, I bet Taysom kind of comes back to earth. And then every time I looked up, they're up double digits yeah. and kind of in full control there. Yeah. So doors wide open though. I mean, and this this is it. It makes December good. Yeah, big time. Monday Night Football preview, John. Uh, when we saw this game on the schedule several weeks ago, we went, well, going to be a bit of a snoozer. Not necessarily how the game looks, but just it's not going to mean that much for the Niners. Now it does mean a lot for the 49ers. And I think when we guessed last week what the line would be, we both thought the the Bills would be favored. I thought it'd be like six and a half. Not only are they no longer favored, they did open as a favorite. It has held pretty steady now for several days that the Niners are favored in this game. And when I think about why, like I just as I thought about the game, there's several things to think about. The one thing I kept thinking is like, what are the reasons why the Niners are favored? Besides just like all the other stuff that happens with how many people are betting on them and whatever, right? Like you told me, 85 percent of the money was on the Raiders yeah. over the coming into that game against the Jets. 
I think one thing is the run game. Like the I Bills, think it was the most it was the most lopsided game of the day with and, the Raiders Jets. And last week, well, yeah, last week earlier in the week, I thought the Raiders were the lock of the week. The second you told me that, I thought there is no way they're the lock of the week. Yeah. Um. So let's go through why the Niners might be in this position going into this game. Because I I do think it's a little crazy, and I get there's a lot of momentum, and maybe some of these sharps are much smarter than us. I watched every snap they've played basically for a decade. It does feel a little nuts, their favorite. So let's talk about why, right? Like, to me, one thing that stands out, why would they be favored? <clears throat> a couple things, right? Long trip, Monday night. Well, because it switched throughout the week, right? It wasn't like they opened as the favorite. Right. It was like people just started betting them. Yeah, so people could be wrong. Like, I still, there are still things that you go, so this is Mullins against Josh Allen. But a, here's one thing. The Niners love running the football. The Bills are not good against the run, right? They are, like I said, third worst in the league at five yards a carry. So it does play to the Niners' strength. I think the, the the thing that I have the hardest time getting over is I just I don't know how much we can trust Nick Mullins. Now, the run game stat would tell you maybe you don't have to trust him that much. But that is that is my primary hang-up because I do think there's a lot of other things. You go, they got Ayuk and Debo. When is that ever a bad thing for Kyle Shanahan? Like, he knows how to play those two. The defense feels like now they're kind of, even though they've had some injuries again, they got Richard. The solid thing's got some momentum. Like, they got a little momentum going. It is a long trip. Monday night for the Bills. I don't know. Uh, I do have to talk they're, myself. Their running them. back's back, right? Mozart is by far their best running yeah, back. You Mostert's can just back. slam him. Even Fred Wilson is a huge upgrade off. He's just better running between the tackles than Jarek McKinnon. He just runs, to me, he's faster. Like, you just notice that against the Rams early in the game. You're like, God, their running backs just hit the hole harder. And then when they're running the ball, to me... That is what really their passing game. Then they get the layup throws, right? And I think I heard Michael Lombardi say it this week: like a good coach can scheme you if you have thirty to forty pass attempts. Probably twenty-five to thirty of them should be guaranteed, like layup throws. And I'd I'd say specifically with this offense, and you see it with Aaron, you see it with Goff, and I mean obviously these guys are on different levels as players. But there are plays within the offense when the run game works that just play action fake, roll around, dump to the tight end. Play action fake, you don't roll out, you just drop back, dude's wide open across. And just good quarterbacks. Aaron, and and even when Jared's on, it's like, God, this is easy. Mullins, he's not, like, I I can't give him the lock completions, right? But still, they are open to be had. And earlier in the season, when he was forced, I don't want to say to carry them, but like when all the running backs were hurt, it is a little more difficult when you're just like, well, they're four yeah. or five wide and you know they're not going to run it. Because when you can get them under center and it's just like dump to the tight end, hit the you know a guy on a slant, there is a rhythm and a flow to this offense. I don't know if it's – here's what my take is. Every guy that runs this offense, I'm like, God, there's just – the, the flow of their – Stefanski, McVay, LaFleur. Like, I think they're Stef- all really good. Stefanski. Kyle. That's what, like, Stefanski you ever watch, like, their some... team calls plays and just go, like, yeah, it's just – it flows. I know. You know, like, I watched Doug Peterson. I'm like, or my guy Nagy. There's not any rhythm. <laughs> but there's, like – because every play Bears has also a play can't off protect. a play. They're what? The Bears yeah. also but, cannot but, protect. But, but, yeah. but I'd say the one thing with this offense that those guys live by that makes their quarterbacks look better, even if you don't have Rodgers, but I think Rodgers has looked so much better this year because they fucking hammer the run. Like all those guys, the one thing they do, they want to slam it down your throat. And I think this year Rodgers, for example, is like 
embraced it. That Jimmy and Mullins have no choice. They'll just do whatever Kyle says. And I think Goff just knows what, like, they know exactly the way they want to play. Yeah. And when they run it, their offense is fantastic. So to me, when the Niners kicked the ran, I guess they didn't kick their ass, but they, they manhandled them for the first half and then the game got close, is when they're just running the ball, right? You yeah. just, to me, I, wouldn't you be shocked if it's just not a steady dose of slamming it down their throat? Yeah, I would be. And and a bunch of throws that basically are effectively runs. And when you have Ayuk and Debo, that's really, really effective. Now, you know, I think going into any Niner game when you're healthy, I just, is Mostert going to get like 60 carries? I just get concerned with the volume with which they pound the ball for the health of the, and I'm not making a joke. Like we just see, like they just pound and pound and pound and it, it does wear their guys down sometimes. But yeah. I think the primary concern when we looked at this game a couple of weeks ago, and certainly last week and even now, is just what you said earlier in the podcast about Kyler, which is athletic quarterbacks. The Niners don't sack the quarterback. They don't hit the quarterback. They struggle against rush. They've given up the most quarterback rushing yards in the NFL this year. Um, which is where they arguably have the most, you know, one of the fastest middle linebackers is one of the best players in the league, right? Yeah, yeah. But he can't do everything. No. So, I, I you know, now, if you told me, is Josh, like, I, I don't think of Josh Allen quite the way I think of Kyler. That he, I mean, he can obviously beat you with his legs. You see Robert this week, I mean, not this week, it was like Friday or Saturday whenever he talked, compared him to like a young Cam Newton, just when you factor in size. And I think when you think young Cam Newton, he's not twitchy like that, right? But he is fast. Yeah. He's just, and he and can hard move. to tackle. And hard to tackle, yeah. He does I, have. See, I, I do think Cam probably a little bit was just a smoother athlete. I'd probably go like a combo Cam meets a little Roethlisberger. But I guess I when you watch Josh, he does run. Like he is not afraid to just take off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's not like to me. I watch Russell Wilson now. He not looking to run. Even Deshaun Watson, they would rather pass. I th sometimes Josh is like, "Fuck it, I'll just take off." But he does. He, he can once he gets scooting, he can move. Yeah, but he doesn't have like a huge. To me, it's the the concern is not he's going to run. At least my concern is not he's going to run eleven times and eight yards a carry. It's more that. Yeah. This game's just going to have to be close because you will, to me, if the Niners blow them out or have a significant lead, it'll just be because they cannot stop the run at all, right? That Buffalo can't stop the run. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, if it's a close game, the concern is just that Josh Allen will make a play or two. That is the difference. And I said this earlier, and some people say I had too much faith in him. I think his ceiling is, if he hits you with his ceiling, I, I don't see how you beat him unless you are just absolutely annihilating them with the run, which is possible. Now, if he gives you a B game, that's a different story. I just struggle to see Nick beat him if he's – Nick Mullins beat him if if he's got his best game. But maybe that's where the run comes in. Maybe it's not about – that's the beauty with Kyle is that he is your quarterback, right? Like when you watch the, the Seahawks, you go, is Russ going to make a play? When you watch the card – when you watch the 49ers, it's more like, is Kyle going to just hit four plays in a row? That just get perfectly. Well, I think that's executed. a good that's a good example with Seattle. I saw a little clip right before we came on of Pete just like, yeah, our offense was terrible today. He really is just means like, and when Russ is bad for them, they're bad. It's yeah. not like, well, you know, we we out schemed them. We, no, they are just depending on Russ, and that's where back to the Rodgers example. Like they've kind of blended it together. They're like, Aaron, you can kind of chill today. We'll just call right. the game. It's the best, right? And that's where Mullins. That's where Kyle has to go full go on the opposite. Like, ideally, they had moments last year with Jimmy could, like, not carry them. Yeah, I mean, carry them and make big-time quarterback. Like, Mullins can't do that. And you're right. If Josh Allen is on, Mullins would have to have the game of his career just to give the Niners a chance. 
But more than likely, if Mullins is just, or I mean, if if Josh Allen's just solid, you know, if you can hold him under 300 yards, where he gets scary though, guys, like in the red zone, they can run quarterback power yeah. for him, right? Like he can just, you can just call a run play for Josh, or even like third and five, you can run him. I guess to counter, he's a, tough, he's a tough matchup. I do think to counter my point on Nick is like, if Josh Allen does give you his A game, then maybe it's not about Nick Mullins also being above his head. Maybe it's just about him making zero mistakes. If he makes zero mistakes and you can run the ball, then I do think the Niners can beat, can hang with anybody in the league. If he makes zero mistakes and they're able to pound the ball, then I do. They can hang with anyone. But it's it's the mistake free game that's just that's the thing I have a hard time seeing. But again, you can Josh Allen can have games too where he's like, there's no guarantee you're getting Josh Allen's a game, right? As much as we like him. Well, th- Think about this guy. Mullins hasn't even been the full-time starter, right? Because Jimmy started several games. And even the game he got hurt, he got yanked, you know, at halftime. He has one less pick than Josh Allen. Like, that's just the thing. Like, Josh is not Mr. 15 picks a season guy right now. That if he does not throw an interception, to me, the the turnover battle, like, I I just go into a game. If all Mullins does is throw one pick, you got a shot. (laughs) Like, is it like two picks and a fumble? You know, that's like he just, to me because last week against the Rams, they were causing turnovers left and right. You just the turnovers are huge with him because your margin for error, you're not going to score on every drive with him. So it's like if Josh Allen's playing well, you can't do one pick, I don't think. Yeah, which is going to be hard for Mullins because if he's playing well, that means you probably got to score a decent amount, right? The game's probably in the mid 20s, meaning you got to get a little more aggressive throwing the ball. And just the more he's going to throw the ball, just in general, like. The more me and you go play golf tomorrow, the more shots you're going to have, the more likely you're going to hit it in the trees. Same with me too, right? This is like, you just, you go play a game with fucking Dustin Johnson, he might not hit in the trees for a week. That's right. You know, Aaron Rodgers just might not hit a guy's hands on the other team for a month. Mullins is just, it's really, I think it is physically impossible for Mullins 30 plus attempts to not throw a He's just a diminishing returns. Ball. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, wait, that's Sunday Night Football. What's the Monday night theme? I think that, no, that was. That was Monday night? I think that was Monday. Okay. Yeah. By the way, did you, as we're recording this, uh, SC Washington State, Amon Ross St. Brown, you see what he's doing? Receiver well, for SC? Up, uh, no. Uh, he's got four touchdowns in the first quarter. <laughs> like, put these guys in the playoff. Golly. I see my my Pac-12 people on my, uh, my timeline are saying they need to get some love for the playoffs guy. Well, I mean, you look like this. Play that SC should go to like we only play Sunday night football games, like the opposite of BYU <laughs> schedule. They should go the opposite of BYU, just only play on Sundays. USC football. The the problem for USC is the the rest of the conference is letting them down a little bit this year if they're playing well. Well, it's just you can't. Yeah, yeah. Smell like Haberman and Middlecoff. Feel like Haberman and Middlecoff. Fresh Hawthorne.co, Hawthorne.co. Use the promo code HAM to get ten percent off your first. Purchase of premium, tailored, personal care, self-care routine products. It's fantastic. Guy, it's really, really easy. You just go to Hawthorne.co and uh, you fill out a quiz. You did it. I did it. You, they ask fun. you a bunch of questions. Do you smoke? What do you drink? Uh, what kind of hair do you have? What type of skin do you have? And then they tailor specific things like cologne, which we've both been wearing, smelling good. To you, body wash, hair, you know, if I had shampoo, you name it, they got it. Just go to Hawthorne.co, do the quiz, check it out. Can't recommend it enough. Yeah, um, and by the way, do, do you smoke? It's not like a, 
do you smoke? We're going to kick you out of here if you're smoking in this apartment. It's like, no. you know, to get your smell. Like, do you like cigars? Do you like whiskey? What kind of drinks do you like? And so they kind of figure out what your uh, your your flavor profile of your nose, your nose's flavor profile is. Um, my hands have been really dry lately. I had, I've got the Hawthorne. I don't know where I, it's not at my desk. It's in my bag. Cause I travel this weekend. I take it with me hand cream all the time. Cause I'm washing my hands all the time. I've got the, you know, I'm putting on the sanitizer. I need the hand cream. So I got three little tubs of the hand cream or little, um, little containers, whatever you call it. Got one in my bag, keep one at the desk, keep one by the front door. Just so I'm always putting it on. The cologne does smell fantastic. And they take the risk out by giving you free shipping on your orders and returns. If you don't like the products, they'll even retailer them based on your feedback. Yep. Do what we did. Take Hawthorne's quiz today and get started on your personalized self-care routine by going to Hawthorne.co and use the promo code HAM for 10% off your first purchase. That's H-A-W-T-H-O-R-N-E.co, promo code HAM. Hawthorne.co, promo code HAM. By the way, also would make great holiday gifts coming up. I think yeah, be, if I it. got this as a gift, it'd be really cool. So keep that in mind. The Raiders won on Sunday. <laughs> One of the weirdest wins of the NFL season, John, because it was for how long is an NFL game? 60 minutes? 60 minutes. We lay it on the field for 59 yeah. minutes and 54 seconds. It was a complete embarrassment. And then it was the win of the day. They kept themselves in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought earlier in the week, when I saw Vic Tafer at a tweet that the Jets have been losing by an average of 17 points, and we had talked about it, feels like the lock of the week. Didn't have the balls to do it because I didn't trust him. And then everyone was tweeting at me like, hey, Middlecoff, I live in New York. I've been going to every Raider game that's come out here. Jets or Giants the last 20 years. They've never won. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've watched this team long enough. I'm not going to bet on the Raiders covering. And then the more information was like, the bet of the day was take the Jets. But I was like... There is no way I'm betting on the Jets. Zero. I'm like, I, I can't see it. Then the first drive happens. You realize, well, Sam, you know, not terrible. They got their wide receivers playing. Mims looks pretty good. Crowder's not bad. But then as the game went on, Sam was just shitty. But the Raiders, I mean, Josh Jacobs being out, they don't. Like, I, I'm a big Devontae Booker guy. But, and say what you want about the Jets. They actually do play the run really well. Quinn and Williams is kind of like, looks like a legitimate draft pick. Like, the, the Raiders would die for Farrell, who had a weird game. Like, he had some moments. What was the, the tweet you sent me from Dubal? Like, the first time that he sacked someone not named Joe Flacco. Yeah, well, Eli Joe Flacco, because Joe... It's or because, Phillip Rivers. <laughs> but it's because Joe Flacco is on the Jets that he hasn't sacked anyone yeah. without Joe Flacco in the building. No, he's never had a sack without Rivers or Flacco in the building. That's the stat. <laughs> Until today. Oh, well, but no, it didn't Flacco, count today because Flacco's, Flacco's there. there. Yeah, okay. It was his first sack since, since uh, December 22nd, 2019. I got you. It's probably he had some sacks last year against Denver, but Flacco was on the Broncos, so he's either sacking Flacco or sacking Drew Locke. I, I follow that. Makes sense, actually. I, it didn't quite hit me when you said it, but now I, I, I it crystallizes. But, guy, they were down 28-24. I mean, fucking the end of the game. And they had when... Derek didn't get the touchdown and really remember on that drive before they had to punt it back. And then Derek ultimately threw the game winner. They kind of, I don't want to say bailed out, but anytime on like a fourth and whatever with the game on the line that you get a penalty flag, there is some element of luck, right? It was one of those where I bet a lot of people on their couch were like, Oh, that was lucky. Yeah. In the sense that you just, and listen, it happened. I'm not saying it's one of those lucky things that every team experiences that, 
But on fourth and five or fourth and ten, when there's under two minutes and you don't have time, you only you don't have the full you know barrel of timeouts. It's like this is the game. Right. And then when the flag comes out, it was pretty nuts. Now they ended up not getting it because they ended up you know turned it over on downs because Derek threw. He just it's weird. And I text you this today, like, and I think most Raider fans will agree. Even the game-winning touchdown, he throws these lollipops, and when I say that, these huge overarching balls. And Russell Wilson does the exact same. The one Russell threw at the end of the game was the biggest one he's ever thrown. And the Seahawks. I would say those two guys consistently when they throw deep balls. Now Russell hits them all. Derek is not that accurate with the lollipop. Like sometimes it hits the guy in stride. The problem, sometimes he underthrows it, and sometimes he overthrows it, which is weird because, like, Rodgers is a good example. Rodgers can throw that, but how often do you see him, Or and I think Mahomes is like this too, puts, some, puts more of it on a line where it's like, I'm either going to overthrow it or hit my guy, but I'm not going to allow the underthrow to happen. And I think Derek Sneaky does the underthrow with guys that are wide open and my overall takeaway today that they pulled this thing kind of out of their ass is that they are they have no shot to make the playoffs if Derek plays like he did the last two games. He, he's just he's not good enough given that where they are right now as a team. Their, de- like yeah, their need, defense is they, not good enough for him to play that way. Yeah, he just he was too like I I felt today like that Chiefs game and other games this year. I'm like I'm confident he's going to make some plays. I didn't have much confidence in him today. Like I don't think he's gonna do it. I don't, and I would imagine most people watching, you just kind of lose because you. He's a rhythm guy, so and when he he's was, out of rhythm, he was so off with some of his his, his throws, oh, right? Yeah, and to to underthrow Aguilar on the ball that may recovers, then to to miss him over the top. And I think you texted me this. How many times at the end of a game do you see not one in that situation where it's clearly it's all or nothing? They have two guys open in the end zone on back to back plays. He over now the Aguilar throw would have been. He would have had to really fit it in there, but he didn't give him a chance. He threw it out of the back of the end zone. Shows how strong his arm yeah. is. And then to have rugs, but he also missed. Was it Aguilar? Kind of the near side, right end zone, trying to run up, take a step against the blitz, and didn't even give him a chance. So you're right. No. He was pretty off today. A- Aguilar sneaky gets open a lot, doesn't he? Not very. It's not even <laughs> sneaky anymore, right? He's just yeah. open all the time. Um, and then credit, by the way, for rugs who had some the, the interception. I thought was more on him than it was on Derek car i agree um and the fumble was bad and maybe greg williams helps you out maybe you don't want to win the game anyway if you're the jets i would subscribe to that but they you're right do you, like, like, do you have a huge problem with just blitzing everybody to end the game i, I know everyone on twitter like I mean, all the football guys if we are took, it's crazy i if we took twitter out of it because i want to say no i don't have a problem with it only partly i know myself to be anti-twitter but I do have a problem after they just hit you over the top. There's only one thing they can do. There's only one thing they can do. Because the, the aerial shot is wild. You're like, well, they only got three guys back. Because I think part of it, right, the majority of games in the NFL do come down. I'd say on a given day, on a Sunday, wouldn't you say four or five games come down to a situation like that where teams at midfield or – and I'd say pretty consistently, maybe they blitz one guy – but they got a crew of homies back by the end zone, it's right? Because, and it works all the time. <laughs> yeah. It consistently yeah. works because it's hard to throw that. And the other thing is, like, you've got Henry Ruggs. Like, it's no well, the, the Raiders did it to Darnold, right? When they did that weird squib kick, and then Darnold got the ball at the 50. And for what, like, Darnold, you can't get the ball to the end zone when you're yeah, running up arm, on it. We've talked about this, too. His arm. Wow. 
It's but you notice they just dropped everyone back to le- to leave a guy. Lamar Jackson Jr., I guess his name is Lamar Jackson. Yeah. One-on-one with, you know, I don't know if he's the fastest guy in the league, but he's definitely a top two or three. Is pretty nuts. I mean, that's a very... And then he bites on the double move. Like, brother, 10 <laughs> seconds left. Well, but if, but if Rex got over the middle, I think he was going to be wide. Either way, I think... That's the other thing. You tell Greg yeah. Williams is like, you've had guys running wide open that they've missed. Like, you guys clearly can't cover them, right? I saw, I saw someone tweet, like like a legitimate football person, you could ask if they were trying to throw the game. And I would say, and my pushback though is why does Greg Williams though, or even Gase, they're not going to be here. So it's Which, like, I, I don't, it's the I, problem. I would just disagree that, that they tried to throw that no, game, no. even though it's indirectly, they kind of did throw the game. You could ask that. I or think, not first throw all, the game, but just give the Raiders the best chance humanly possible to hit it. Greg Williams ego is too big for that. There's no way. First, well, is Greg Williams time. a defensive coordinator in the league next year after like guy he's, he's been the defensive jobs. coordinator now on two but he's on two of four teams that have gone 0 and 16 in the last five years. I know. I know. Like the oh, he's on two 0 and 16 teams now in the last But they don't score points. Like this was an aberration today. They don't as a team score points. Not all his fault. No. Uh the other thing is like this is the problem with having a coach who you're gonna fire still around. <laughs> you know? Here's my question, because a lot of Raider fans were tweeting at me during the game. Just basically like halfway through the fourth quarter when it was like going back and forth. Like, are the Raiders going to lose this game? Basically just the statement, Gruden cannot lose this game. And he's won the game, but it does feel a little bit like they basically kind of lost it. Like, it's a pretty big indictment on year three, coming off a bad loss... And you're just, you can't really shove it down the Jets' throats. It would have felt like pretty bizarre to watch. Yeah, it would have felt like a fork in the road if they had lost the game. Just who knows? We don't know where it's going. Gruden's still got plenty of time left on his contract. There's still a lot to go. But it did feel like it would have been after the Falcons game to come out and lose that game with the playoffs on the line. Would have felt like a game that three years from now you go back and go, yeah, we started on a different path when the Raiders lost to the Jets, just in terms of how we view the organization under John Gruden. Um, so they kept they, well, they 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 could easily play the Colts this week and lose by a double couple touchdowns and you go well really that was just you know but the, the way the NFL works there's a chance they look good against the Colts you know I don't that's why it's just I'm I, I'm not confident in them anymore I don't even view them really as a playoff team guy I I, well, I they just I've don't just, I've been texting some people today I I, I think they're they're not going to make it like I don't have faith in them getting in we're just a couple weeks ago like I just view them dramatically different these last two weeks now part of it. Here would be my one pushback. They're on the road. I Derek Carr, fans or no fans, like I don't have as much faith as I'm on the road. Clearly, it wasn't freezing cold, but it was. You can see your breath, and like I, I just, he's not a cold weather quarterback. They, they, he does get to control the environment these next three weeks at home, where they're clearly comfortable in the dome. Uh, like if you now the Colts are a dome team too, but it's to me it's a pretty big advantage that they get to just win this game, take a deep breath, and get the Colts at home. Like I. Because you would just say, well, based off those two games, there's no chance they're beating the Colts. But I, I don't necessarily feel that I, way, I, which is weird. I don't feel that way. Now, I also, here's the other thing. The, the Dolphins right now are a playoff team. And maybe they'll do it. I mean, they're in right now, so I, I shouldn't bet against them <laughs> necessarily. But I, I still feel like there's one of the teams that is in right now is not going to be in when it's all said and done. 
Cleveland, I've been banging on them all year. Now, Stefanski, they pulled some plays out. Just the highlights I saw that game. He ran some plays that we and you and I have been pro Stefanski. I think we're anti-Baker, but they're nine and three. So whatever you think you think, they're nine and three. Like I can't keep talking trash about them, right? And they still have a game against the Jets. So like they're they're a lock to ten. They still got the Giants. They do have the Ravens and Steelers, but how, and they're talented me, they and their coach is good. I think they kind of unofficially made the playoffs today. I'm with I mean, you. they're nine and three, like you said. You know, they just, have the third most wins in the AFC. They just happen yeah, to be think, in Pittsburgh's division. They're in pretty good shape. Just the you know they're, the, they're definitely Pittsburgh's in eleven and zero. It's just they're just they would be leading one thing. A lot, one thing they'd be leading well, a lot of divisions in the league. <laughs> I know we talk a lot about the Raiders beating the Chiefs. Like the Raiders kind of handling the Browns was a pretty good win, right? Yeah. Like they went on the road to Cleveland and kind of shoved them around like sixteen to six. Like that that win eight. The Raiders have some really good wins. They fucking beat the shit out of the Saints with Breeze. They went and really shoved around the Browns. I mean that the score actually was closer in the game. The Browns were not very good in that game. Remember, they really struggled to move the ball. Baker was terrible, uh, and then beating the Chiefs was big. So I mean, they Saints, Browns, Chiefs. Those are three legitimate playoff teams. I mean, the the Chiefs to me are the. The game's going on as we're recording this. Heavy favorites to win the whole thing. The Saints are in pretty fucking good position. And like you said, the Browns having the best season, it feels like, in our lifetime. You know, so it's... It really does I, feel I, that I, way. I just, it might be. That, that's that's where the Raiders, today, they just... They actually, if they all of a sudden they beat the Colts, you're going to be feeling pretty good about it. And winning... You don't get style points in the NFL. This is not college football. So, yeah, you ha- had a walk-off touchdown, basically, to beat... One of the worst teams we've ever seen. John, they're they're it minus really one seventy three point differential this year. The Jets, but it, but it won't matter if they win two of the next three games. It won't, right? But that but you have to. But again, you have to go do it. And this franchise now, so many times pre Gruden and certainly under Gruden, has had these moments where it's like, okay, you're you're walking a thin line, you're tightrope in it. Time to step it up. This is that week. And they, you know, they failed to do it. Their defense is atrocious. It's really bad. No pass rush. They, they just their team speed on defense is bad. Uh, Trayvon Mullins not bad at all. But David Arnett, it looked like two concussions back to back weeks. That's yeah, a bad sign, bad. right? Yep. Uh, Jonathan Abram is just hurt a lot. They, their pass again. rush is just kind of non-existent. I mean, the Jets' offensive line, beside one guy, is good. And that guy, that guy is good. I mean, it's like, I would just, I, no wonder they keep running to the left. He picks up, and I don't even blame Cleland Farrell, whatever. That guy's got a chance to be just a pretty special player. He's just huge, and he can move. Like, I, I the one thing with the Jets is like him and Mims, I mean, those look like you got at least two pieces on offense out of the... the I had moments where I was like, okay, Sam, and then other moments... No, I don't think quite I, as highly as Sam. Yeah, I, to me, the, the 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 arm strength issue just shows up a lot. You like know? His, his, his trade value, I mean, what's he really getting traded for? Third round pick? You would need a team who just was in love with him coming out and thinks, and it'd be, you'd be, you could talk yourself into, well, it just franchise is such a train wreck, right? Even then, though, like it's, it does not quite look no, what I think. Like to me, wouldn't you say a first rounder is it's not even in the question? Like you're not getting a first rounder for this player. You're not. You you to me it would be it would be negligent on your part as a, the other team. Like he's not worth that much. You're paying because he's just his ceiling. You just watch him on the field with Derek. Like the physical gifts are not even remotely in the same conversation. No, right? Nope. And it, it, Sam is not a rookie anymore. I, I 
I don't want to be too big of a negative Nancy here, but I kind of left like, oh, I don't know if he's just, he's just not that great. Well, what one thing is clear, right? You there's not there's not really any debate about what you do with your first overall pick if you're the Jets. No, see ya. It just you're just hoping to get some compensation back. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's you you're just it, you, it's. You are, it's a yard sale. Like, it's not, oh, well, if we don't get what we want, we're going to take it back into the garage. Like, it's just. We'll- I know I know. quarterbacks are important and they're premium. I'll be pretty, I'll be surprised if they get a second round pick for him. I, I, I think his stock's pretty low. What did the Dolphins give up for today, Josh but- Rosen? A late second, remember? And it was With immediately a debacle. Less information on him, but. It was bad. Younger contract. He was going to be cheaper a little longer. We were much remember. closer to his draft time, right? Like your scouting yeah. report on him out of college was much more relevant then than Sam Darnold. Just now. just one one year, and it was with worst team in the league. I think it was easy. That was proven wrong, but I think it was easy to be like, we'll just throw this year away and just go off the draft grade. Yeah. Sam, I, you can't do that with Sam. Strictly. BYU, Coastal Carolina. People love the game, John. People love good. the game. It was a good game. Got TV one in my house. Did it? It got. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like stream. I mean, there was just other random games on, and I was just like, I'm watching this thing. And then clearly, now part of it. I mean, not part of it. The only reason I watched, I would not have watched the game whether BYU was ranked at the same level if they did not have a quarterback that was not going to go on. If they just yeah. had Haberman or Middlecoff playing quarterback, and he was a really good college player, but no one viewed him as like a top five pick probably doesn't even get a tv in my house but i immediately went to it and it really enjoyed it and i honestly i came away we'll get into zach well like coastal carolina like that's that was a big time non-power five like that's that's ucf playing boise state like that was impressive it was a big like, those two teams are good yeah even though byu they're not power five just because they're independent but they are a power five program right you think you know, is that sound is that fair i, I look at them like a high-end group of five that can on that has power five level talent. I just have a hard time because they play a really good schedule. They've not been in that kind of. They've not had that Boise year, right? But 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 they don't play a Boise schedule. Like, no, they don't. Boise but they have not, I, I'm a Boise but, fan. But they just. I maybe I'm, I've seen them a few years recent where it's like they were supposed. Now was when Zach Wilson was younger, and they just did not. You know, people like BYU fans are complaining about Kalani Sataki two years ago, so. Uh, it's kind of felt like they've tried to put him, him as on a the coach? hot seat. Yeah. yeah. Now, well, you know, I mean, we'll get into this because I think this game's going to be nitpicked for Zach Wilson, maybe in a negative way. I thought the coaches were pretty crappy. I thought they were crappy. Uh, I, I, I was not impressed. Like honestly, I, I left the game thinking there was a point. There was like a fourth and one. They ran a double pass. It's like, hey guys. Now, Coastal Carolina. I'd have to text some friends. Look like they had some NFL dudes up front. They have this defensive end, 94, that slams Zach Wilson at the end of the first half, like on the ground a couple times. He was making plays. I thought all he should have been. They clearly are good. I thought, as as someone who like loves, I thought he should have been ejected for that. I thought he was. I thought I was watching. Well, he, he wasn't. He was not. He yeah, was not yeah. because then the second half opens. He chases Zach Wilson, gets a late hit penalty when he shoves Zach Wilson out of bounds. So he was. Right on the line, right? I, I was on, I was sitting on a plane at that 
at the end of the first half streaming the game on my phone because we were on the tarmac for an hour after we landed. Airlines have no accountability. I don't even know who to yell at. It sucks. They don't give you anybody really that you can yell at. It's bullshit. Sorry. Bull crap. Uh, you, you sound like you sound like media guy that gets mad about that. But that's why I didn't tweet it. I'm just <laughs> complaining. But anyway, I'm on the plane for an hour. Multiple other people on the plane. I can hear them like talking about the game. Like, did you see that hit? Like other people are just we're on the tarmac. People go straight to stream the BYU Coastal game. It was just a big deal. And, you know, on interceptions, quarterbacks are defenseless players. Like, that's why I thought it's not like they were doing that to somebody else. Quarterbacks are, def- are qualified as defenseless players on interception returns. So, I mean, that was. Yeah, it was high level. But I anyway, to get to him, that's what this is about. I I watched him and thought if I am scouting Zach Wilson for the NFL, I come away only feeling maybe you wouldn't feel better, but I don't feel any worse than I did about him being a top five or top 10 pick or whatever. He made a few throws. His athleticism is so obvious. His arm talent is so obvious. Clearly a competitor. Uh, he didn't do anything to hurt his stock in that game. I I think he helped it just because he keeps putting plays on tape that are just really unique, athletic, special plays. His he had one foot running throw down the field that was incredible. I mean, I thought he looked no, great. He, he makes uh, he makes some Sandlot level. I bet if we went back to watch Mahomes, I don't think he has quite the arm. He doesn't. Like I, I would say, his arm is good. It's not like elite. I mean, and I'm talking NFL level. Like, obviously, college, he's got a really good arm. But when NFL level, like, it's it's not going to be like Rodgers or Mahomes, but it's going to be really good. It's not Kirk Cousins or whatever. He'll be fine. And clearly, his ability to move around. And the, the two wide receivers, like, those guys are NFL players. That was my other takeaway. Like, he is playing with NFL guys, and he makes them look really good. Romney's a good player. Like Milne, the fast guy, good player, too. He's the best player on the team, and he... Makes them pretty damn good. And clearly, Coastal is a really good program, too. Like, that was just a really impressive game. I also think where it's going to help them, or help him, is that, like, you're evaluating that game as a GM or as a scout on physical tools and competition, and he he drives them right down the field at the end of the game with the game on the line, and they get stopped at, like, the one-yard line to lose the game. And he never tapped out. Like, they're not, well, he missed this throw on third, like... Guy, they, they put together the game basically Thursday, right? I mean, it's just, this is not a normal circumstance. Right. It honestly puts into light, I saw Stuart Mandel tweet out something that's like, I never want to hear any ADs anymore talk about, like, you don't understand how hard it is to get these things scheduled. It's like, they just did a game. And they were talking about, I'm pretty sure the play-by-play guy was like, you know, they don't really have a contract, which is unheard of in college. It's not like they paid him out or whatever. Right. They just got a game and they just played it for TV. They didn't pay him to show up or anything. It's just, right. honestly, it's probably like old school 1980s football. Like, hey, you guys want to play next week or whatever? Or, you know, back in the day when you probably scheduled games just six months in advance or whatever. Hey, we'll play this week. And now it's, you know, if you want to go play, the reason you play Alabama is for a million dollars or when Fresno does this. It was not. We're just playing. And, and, and I think it's fair to say, guy. What was cool about this for Zach Wilson and his program ultimately did this game is it's gonna I, I think it's gonna help him one and two it's like they just did it yeah you know, I give him just, a break they didn't worry about winning or losing or how's it they just fucking did it I give him a break because I do think as much as everyone says like oh it just shows you don't need to schedule that far in advance but I think it's clear you also can't schedule forget about two weeks in advance or three days in advance even the season of right this year is so unique you're so flexible because you don't have fans. People don't need to travel. You don't have anybody, family coming to games. 
You don't well, need to hotel co- rooms. Co- coastal had a few. Yeah, but I just mean <laughs> like yeah, hotel know, rooms are what, easy to get. Saying, yeah. The hotel rooms are just available. Yeah. All the private, all the charters are just available, right? Charter uh, companies are willing to work with you because they need your business really badly. So honestly, that has crossed my mind. It's probably never been easier to get hotels right now, huh? For a large group, never. Yeah, that's never. A good point. I didn't think about that. So, but there was all of that. Um, but I'm with you. I give them full credit for playing the game. I don't know if they had had two weeks to prepare, or even a week to prepare, or if it's a home game, or maybe they win the game. I like when I watch them back to because at the end about, of the day, football is not meant to be played like that. No, it's right? not. No, Thursday it's not. play on a Saturday. But that's what made it like, so. That's fun. just not the way the sport. That's works. what made it fun yeah. is that they both made it work. Um, now, to your point on like, are they? How do you view them if they're not an independent? I mean, under Bronco in the mount in the Mountain West, this is what a, a BYU fan would say it's like they had four straight double digit win seasons. Three of them were 11 wins. Five out of six years, they won 10 plus games. The first 10 win season, um, or the first year as an independent, they won 10 games. They've been an eight, nine, seven, most, you know, they've probably been averaging, I would say, eight, eight and a half, just looking at the last nine years since then. Um, and, and their schedule has been dramatically harder the last Now, when years, I say right? high end G5, that doesn't mean you're worse than the worst Power Five. Like they are better. Then you know they're better. They can beat a lot of Power Five teams, and I do because like for if they did the Utah thing and jump to a Power Five, they could win whatever Power Five league they're in. I would give them a chance. Like they would have a chance to win that league once they were there, right? Utah style. Because I'm just going to use this number, even though I know it's not the number. Let's say there are 50 programs in the Power Five, right? Let's say there's 60. Give or take, like, yeah. but I'm just going to use close. the number. I think 60. it's like 60, 62, 65. Okay, so let's just use Boise State as a, the best non-power five just over the last twenty years. They are of those sixty, they're they're only like fifteen to twenty programs better than them on a yearly basis, right? When you just factor in success and winning. So I I agree, like just because you're not, they are better than half the teams in the Pac-12, half the teams in the AC, maybe more in the ACC, right? They would finish whatever. But like you said, once you play, and I think you see it, they basically play like a smorgasbord of the Pac-12 and maybe the Big Ten and a little Big 12. Toledo like they win eight and, or nine games. Yeah, which yeah, makes with it, which, a couple, which makes it hard. Which, but them. Alabama and those teams do too. Yeah, like yeah. That's no, no, their, no, no. I, for sure. I'm just saying like their schedule is. A sh- Northern Illinois, Hawaii, Boise, UMass, New Mexico State. Like a couple years ago, they played Arizona, Cal, Wisconsin, Washington, Utah, Boise, Utah State, Hawaii. Like, that's a real, that's a legit schedule. And when you get a quarterback like Zach Wilson, you could, on a given year with that really tough schedule, they could have gone 11-1, and like, of the schedule they were playing. Like, if you would normally have the chance to prepare for their games yeah. and get ready. Like yeah, you're probably really right. Good. They, the, he, this team, I'm just talking about this team. Yeah. Like they, they have teams, and same with Boise, when their quarterback isn't as good, they're not as good. This guy makes them really good. And clearly, I have respect for Coastal. I think if BYU plays Coastal 10 times and can game plan when they have the best player on the field who is a top 10 quarterback, hell, I I mean, guy, there's a decent chance. Like, I I just don't see how this guy doesn't go top five. I mean, he's just too physically gifted. And he's too, like, he's the modern day of what the teams are looking for, right? He is... The Josh Allens, the Mahomes, the Deshauns, like you move, you throw, you're accurate, you can throw deep, but you have touch. Like you kind of, like this is what you want. Yep. Like this is, this is what like, remember when everyone used to drool over like a Roethlisberger? It's like, you know, he's 6'5 and he sits in the pocket, but he was a smaller school guy. 
This is to me, like these type guys now are the modern day that, right? Or Rivers or whatever. That is Zach Wilson. That is Trey Lance. That's why, to me, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, wouldn't you say 15 years ago, in a draft class with Rivers, Roethlisberger, those guys would have been ahead of them. If you put Rivers in their draft class, I think more teams are going to like the mobile guys, right? If Jared Goff was in this draft class, He'd be, how would he go ahead of these he guys? He wouldn't, no. He wouldn't. He just wouldn't. So it's just... And we're talking about top five in a good quarterback class, we think, right? And and I'd say guy just a good draft. I mean, yeah. Jamar Chase. Devontae uh, Smith. You see Devontae Smith's numbers, numbers. Uh, Jalen Waddle's a sweet. Panay Sewell. Like, this is a draft that I would imagine once, like, legit nerdy draft talks in full swing, like, March, there are going to be anonymous scouts going, I think there could be, like, seven, eight pro bowls, pro bowlers in the top 15, right? I think this draft's going to be very highly thought of. Like, last year was all about the wide receivers. I think people are going to say, like, the top 10 in this draft has impact players. Yeah. Because I'm just thinking a couple of the wide receivers, Panay Sewell, some of these quarterbacks. I think a lot of guys are going to go, like, this guy, this group of 10 players, all of them have the chance to make Pro Bowl, right? Which I think sometimes is not the case. Like this year, I think people thought, like, all the tackles were solid, but it's pretty clear, like, Becton and Wirfs are better than the early two tackles. Like, right. everyone's going to go, yeah, I think Panay Sewell is your tackle for 10 years and should make seven Pro Bowls, right? Yep. I think Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddell and Trevor Lawrence are lock Pro Bowlers. I think that, and this is where Zach Wilson like gonna is going to f- be liked, I think people are going to think Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or maybe both of them, they're going to be talked about as super high ceiling guys, which to me makes the draft like that. When I when you get, oh, we got some low floor guy or high floor guys, like, yeah. oh, boring. G- give me guys you're fucking, I think this guy could be a Hall of Famer. Because like, then teams start... I, I, Trading a bunch to don't go you get think either Don't you think either Trey Lance or Zach Wilson, would it shock you if you just see like an anonymous guy make a bold claim about one of the two no. of them? No, and, and it feels like at this point, Trey Lance is the much bigger projection just based on how many games he's played, who he's played, who he hasn't played. Well, well, that's why this guy, the BYU ending up just them pulling off a 10 and they're going to get a bowl game. I guess they still have San Diego State. Has any one individual player benefited more from this season than Zach Wilson? No, because we haven't seen Justin Fields hasn't really benefited. But, you know, Trevor Lawrence didn't need to. Etn no. Jamar Chase Chuba, quit. Panesa will quit. The, they didn't the, yeah, Bama. To. Whatever. We already know what we thought of those guys. <laughs> yeah, maybe this guy. Like went, Kyle I, Trask I isn't like people aren't talking about him like he's a future NFL player. His arm's not that strong. He's having a great year, right? Maybe yeah. he'll ultimately I benefit. Though. To pro- I think people are trying to prop him up. I don't think he's. He might win the Heisman. I think he's going to. I don't think in any NFL circles people are going to talk about Kyle Trask. No, no, but I'm just saying maybe he goes from being a fourth-round quarterback to a second-round quarterback or something, or Mac Jones goes from being a fifth-round quarterback to a second-round quarterback, you know. Um, But no, if you had had a draft, if you you did a draft after the 2020 draft, projecting 2021, I don't – where would Zach Wilson have been? Well, I I, I don't think he would have been – really talked about as an NFL player because he's still an underclassman, right? He still could come back after this year. I, I just don't think people were talking about him in NFL circles. Well, he's a, he's a junior, to me, that's what's powerful. Just means freshman or sophomore, right? Well, I'm just saying like he, I'm just saying he's not a senior. He's not a senior. So yeah, like he has another year of eligibility. Yeah. He really has say. two, he has another I guess, year if of he wants it. Right. Because this year's a free year. Doesn't need it. But. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, listen, I, I don't know. Sometimes BYU guys are a little different. Trevor Lawrence is gone, right? He participated in the senior day. Justin Fields is gone. 
Uh, Trey Lance, his season ended. He's literally been training for the NFL draft. It is not a lock. Like, we've seen it before, just... Maybe I don't know enough about him. It sure feels like if, it, but Mariota luck. I'm just saying, yeah. like, we'll see. It's a quarterback draft. So I would be, I'd be shocked if he doesn't come out. But we, I, I haven't seen a quote like Zach Wilson's coming out. Maybe someone from one of the uh, BYU message Cougar board or something uh, can let us know. Uh, that's and, and it's a, not that's like not I'm sarcasm. not I'm BYU serious. guys come out. BYU guys come out early. They've produced a bunch of NFL players lately. They're on a pretty good run, guy. I mean, Fred Warner. This guy, I mean, yeah, it really Ziggy had a good they, run for they a while. Like, they've the, had some impact players. You're right. They have all the earmarks of a power five, not a group of five program. Maybe it's just because I'm so used to seeing I, I, them play. I, I think, guy, this this one, though, will take it to another. When you get a quarterback, and then it's all of a sudden like, uh, I'm just trying to think of like, uh, the, the Washington football team playing the Eagles on Monday night, starting quarterback Zach Wilson from BYU like that just becomes a thing and then if he's good BYU as a quarterback to me that like that really I think Aaron Rodgers really kind of took Cal to another level like when you a quarterback it's like it just your program feels I, I think it could exponentially help them yeah although I and would argue like Cal, already good. I, I don't know that like it was different right because when he left Cal he was the number one pick but it didn't do anything for Cal I don't know I feel like BYU's Bigger in many ways than a lot of power fives. It is. I mean, it's an obvious thing, but I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, Maybe I'm not saying it's not going to hurt. It, him, it'll help. Yeah, I don't know. What has Patrick Mahomes really done for Texas Tech? Yeah, but what can't like to me, Texas Tech is just capped out as a program. You can't. They just are what they are. Like BYU is probably they go to toe to toe with like Utah for some guys. But they like probably they already do is what I'm saying. Like I think they already do. Well, get I know some maybe, maybe that like gets them over the edge on a couple guys that be one thing. Both those two programs just produce a lot of NFL guys. Imagine if maybe the, the three DBs that went to Utah, if two of them went to BYU instead or whatever. Right? Yeah. I just think they're, they're looking at similar kids. I would say Utah the last six or seven years. I don't even know head to head, but just overall has been better. They've been more nationally relevant because they've been close to winning the Pac-12. And they just feel a little bit bigger. And part of it's the conference, and they've just been arguably the second best team in the conference, them in Oregon, that maybe they just kind of get, you know, it just helps their recruiting. I yeah, yeah. It can't hurt. No, 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 it can't. And, and hopefully the because fact the way, that Because the way a, a quarterback's talked their... about is just so big, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think you part of that has to be like, did, did he become him because he was there? Or was it kind of feels like he was just going to be him no matter what, wherever he went. Well, you said you called one of their games, and you could tell he was really talented. His freshman year, yeah. And it was like, how did this guy not end up at Utah? And the answer was Utah had another player. They had to commit Jack Tuttle, who they said were not recruiting anybody else. He wanted to go to Utah. You're right. Maybe but, but, the next Zach say, Wilson wants to But sometimes, to- like, when I was at Fresno State, Derek Carr just came. And it was like, clearly he was more talented than basically everyone on the West Coast. It's right. like, why is this guy here and not somewhere else? Like, yeah. USC should have been all over him. Cal wanted him. Right. So sometimes you just, whatever your connection is, that guy just ends up at a program like, why doesn't LSU have the top quarterback every year? Well, they never do, really. Yeah, right? it's just or Michigan. It's sometimes there there is just some randomness. I do think with quarterbacks a little bit, just how a guy's going to develop the maturity aspect of it, your physical tools. Like you, you do. It's probably underrated how truly hard it is at like the high level football, Power Five, even not like Boise, BYU, UCF. Like how much time that position really has to give. As he's going to school, as he's cool, cool guy on campus, girlfriend, like it's you're not really getting paid, you know, depending on where you are. It's it's tough. 
You know, I, I would imagine maturity really separates because a lot of these guys, and we see it all the time, like all these physical freaks. And, the, and some of it is just, it's hard to play quarterback. So like your physical, like we've seen a lot of guys physically like Zach Wilson over the years that just, whatever reason, don't make plays, right? Uh, Adrian Martinez at Nebraska just, it just didn't work. I don't, it just, you watch it in high school, you're like, this guy's going to kill it in Nebraska for Scott Frost. And then he starts playing and about, if you watch two or three games, you're like, yeah, this guy's just not good. Yeah. I think you get a lot of guys that in theory should be, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, they can move and they got a big arm. And then the game starts and it's just like, ugh. How often does that happen in college football? And, you know, on, on big all the time. five programs. I think it happens a lot. All the time. I think, the, I think, I think this guy's been Wilson's obviously good from with the, the beginning. physical gifts. This guy's been obviously good from the beginning. Yeah. Now, not obviously this, but that's why I hope that. But I also you know, think in the to end, be a they good, still end up to be a, a really good quarterback. Good like it's a good team. To be to be a good quarterback in college and definitely in the pros, you do like you are a little dependent on who you're throwing to. Remember that was like look at Josh Allen, like who's he really throwing to? This I think this year you're going and they were mentioned last night on the broadcast. These guys are going to play in the NFL. Right, Romney's six three, and Milne can fly. And that's my like, point. Is like they are going to be. They have been being that right. Like they have consistently yeah. for years, not just like Brock, Bronco, like four decades produced NFL level. Yeah. Big time NFL talent. Like I said, I just hope they get a big. I just still. I hope they still get a, a really good bowl game. Who do the Eagles play next week? Eagles uh, <laughs> mania. I, I, you're just you're just saying the Wentz is he is he done conversation? Well, I mean, clearly he's not done, but just it's just I, I, his. I'll be a little surprised if Wentz doesn't start the game. But to me, the story was like he talked to the team and took accountability and all this stuff this week leading up to the game. It's like you're kind of using all your bullets here, right? If you're them. But see, here's what I don't understand. They play the Saints this week. Guy, they're terrible every week. Yes. You know, it, I, I get sometimes early in the season like, player only mean. We drew a line in the sand. It's October 12th. It's, it's, I mean, Thanksgiving already happened. Like, you, your team stinks. You're just not good. I, people were tweeting at me like, is this the final straw? Final straw? They look the same every week. Every week. Like, I, I didn't expect, if, if I was going to gamble on a game, I didn't gamble on any games this week. I hated the slate. I'm like, I don't have a good feel for any of this. I was like, there's no chance the Eagles are going into Green Bay and winning. And at one point in time, I looked up. It was 20 to 3. And Rodgers is like, not even breaking a sweat. And Devontae's doing dances. And our guy, Keith Williams, is tweeting out how he's FaceTiming with Devontae for two hours. They're just like, this is a boat race. And Doug clearly just had a desperation. Like, I haven't seen any of his quotes yet. was probably just like, listen, we had nothing. We just needed a spark. Like, they were terrible. But what they're just they're the Eagles. Like that's that's just who they've been. But like that's why Jeffrey doesn't go to the games. At this point, you drafted this guy in the second round. You're a three and eight team now. Three, eight, and one. But but guy, he's under contract next year. No, no, I understand. I get it. But you but like what are we doing if if you aren't playing a second round quarterback when you're three, eight, and one, when is that guy ever gonna play? Well, here here's my pushback. When Mullins, when Jimmy got benched for his ankle and I, I still like he was a little banged up that was the first time yeah I yeah. think a lot of it was like he was terrible it was just like he's Jimmy Garoppolo it would already felt I, I mean, like I'm, he was a little bit on the rocks uh, this one a little bit I'm all for it but you're just Carson this is I not the NBA where you can just like let's trade him straight up for no, there's no doubt but stuck with what him. if you're Doug Peterson and you're like I think these guys are trying to fire me right I think they're trying to set the stage for my departure and if I just roll Wentz out for the rest of the season and we win three games I'm basically handing them 
the bullet to the gun they shoot me with. So let me at least try yeah. to go out. I'll get my next job off of what I do over the next few games with Jalen. Again, I, I'm with you. Like he's not re- quote unquote replacing Carson. But what do you have to lose at this point if you're Doug Peterson? Other than you know, you do one of the you know, I, it'll help Carson just to watch a couple of games. Well, from you, the you see the you see the report this morning from Jay Glazer that people within no. the Eagles think that the draft pick of Jalen Hurts has destroyed Carson's confidence. Well, I mean, like that was a report this morning. I, so if and that was, I think they're talking probably the moment it happened, then the off season, they start playing bad. He's always looking over his shoulders. Is he going to be better I, next I thought week his after confidence this? Was shot. What? How did? Yeah. How do you on the sideline? Like I, if his confidence on a one to ten, if like three or four years ago, right before he got hurt, was a max ten out of ten. How's it not close to a zero right now? Yeah, I, it's you said last week it was bad, and it's clearly gotten worse. I I think all the full stuff. I don't remember anything quite him. like this in sports. I mean, this guy was really good, and I I, I kind of all my chips were in the ta- middle of the table. Like this guy's just going to be good. Yep. And then he's just. He's the worst player, arguably, in the league. He got benched for Jalen Hurts, who I felt pretty confident. And you could tweet this out without being called a racist, and I did. I thought he was a running back and a good one. Like I'd be like, I think Jalen Hurts can be a good running back. I really did. Like, I, I, I promise. I still kind of do. Like he's just got running back skills. They drafted him second round to play quarterback. Which, listen, I thought it was a crazy pick. He, that's who he got benched for. And, it, and honestly, I think most people, I bet everyone, Eagle fans, was like, about time. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't like, oh, this is correct. I don't think most people sitting on their couch in Philadelphia, really around the country, are like, that's nuts. That's weird. People are like, no shit. The only reason it's really weird is because of money. And that's where I do think it gets really difficult. And I talked about this on the Three and Out podcast. I, I'm, I truly believe, and I saw a report today for, about it. Guy, they make so much money. Why would they drop the? And I think me and you have talked about this a little bit. I don't think the salary cap's going to drop. And there was a report today the salary cap might not drop at all. Like they don't need to drop the salary cap at all because the the TV money pays for it all. So they they might not have to raise it, but I don't think they're going to drop it because why would all these owners want to cut all these players, the guys they like? Like owners like cutting players that they don't think are good, but they don't want to cut guys on their team that they want to keep. When money, no, but they're probably happy to. Suppre- they're probably happy to suppress the free agent market. True, but money's not an issue for any of these guys. Even this year, like that's that's the difference between football and the other two sports. They weren't the the, the like the sweet money is just that gets Jerry the yacht. That doesn't pay for Jerry's players. Yeah, but do most people? Right? Part do of most it, owners think like Jerry? Do most owners really well, yeah, want all to win? these owners have all this money? Like I, 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 I understand. Just, I don't think I just, the salary cap. I don't think the salary cap's dropping at all. That's my guess right now. And uh, I saw a report today. Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying. Like I, you might. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. I'm just saying I don't think most owners. Well, because uh, my, my point is like the media money. Part of it in the NBA is like they don't have enough revenue to pay for the player salaries. In football, the the TV contract ex- far exceeds your salary cap. I mean, really pays for your coaches and everything. All your expenses are paid for just by the TV salary alone. The TV revenue check that gets destroyed. Yeah. That, that pays for everything just in its in its vacuum. And then even your auxiliary stuff that you make, like there's it's not like the Niners made no money this year, right? Then they make money off jersey sales and I'm sure different shit. Right. Not clearly, I mean they lost they didn't lose money. They just didn't make money that they normally but they didn't lose money that pay for their players. They're still a profitable money business. Comes in the, yeah, more than so is every team in the league. Yeah. So I, I just, I just envision 
because most owners now, like if you're David Tepper, like why why do you want to? You're like, talking. What you're saying is why not trade Carson? That's your point. You're saying why would his contract keep you from doing something if you don't think he's good anymore? Yeah, but the problem with that though is someone's got to take it. But, but, and like, are you going to take the dead cap for a year? It's kind of stupid. You might as well run it out unless you hate him. But I had someone, the Eagles, I was like, what does Jeffrey think about him? He's like, he loved him. And clearly Carson's a pretty conservative kind of redneck, hunts, fishes, Trump guy. Jeffrey is huge liberal. And he's like, he didn't, he just loves him. But he's like, Jeffrey loves football. And so I, he's like, I don't know what he feels today. It's probably not great. I yeah. got football, but as a human, they felt very, very comfortable investing all that money into him. I, if I'm an owner, I've got play. a hard time giving up on Carson Wentz after I paid him. After I've seen what his ceiling is. Well, they're not, right? Yeah, but I'm it's just saying, like, happening. I, me, like, it's easy to sit here. I could, to me, it's not at all illogical to be like, no, 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 this this has got to get better. We can, this can be better. Because just Carson getting Wentz, the guy is hard. Getting the guy that can look like Carson can look for a year is really hard to do. It's hard to I'll just get that. Let's say he was available for trade and the money would work out or whatever. Obviously, it's complicated. Let's just say they were willing to eat some money and trade him. And I told you that, you know, hey, guy, the Niners just traded pick 20 for Carson Wentz. I, I don't think there's any question you'd... I shouldn't say any question. But I, yeah, I think you would trade a first for him. You'd have to trade a first for him. Yeah. So. And I think it'd be like, yeah, I, I would say it would be worth the risk. Now, last year in a vacuum, given this season... It's pretty risky. Like, there is risk involved, right? right? Right. He might suck. But he might just be really shit in a bad situation. His confidence is lost. It's happened to us all. Yeah. All right. On that note. It's a bizarre... I, I just didn't see that story. It has become one of the leading stories in the NFL that I just don't think I... I mean, I I'm with you. Division. I, I was like, this Jalen Hurts thing is never going to become anything. Like, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season, Doug Peterson's going to get fired, Carson Wentz going to bench, you'd be like, damn. <laughs> I mean, I they just got it. Both just basically got extensions. Okay, see you in about 24 hours. Yep, later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.